Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Three step drop, close all the end zone. Caught ball, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. It's first and goal. That's picked off. That's picked off. And who else? Rondé Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. We don't even keep score. We just run that up and leave. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Throws up in the head. Hey, That's At the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 29. He's Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. And there are the cannons, cannons. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Joining us today, very special guest, good friend of the show at this point. We've had him on a few times. It is great to see his face once again. Chris Myers from Fox Sports joins the show. Chris, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm good. Good to be talking to you guys again. Absolutely. Good to have you back. Good to hear you in the booth for Bucks versus Saints week four, a 26-9 beatdown for our Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I wanted to get your thoughts about this 3-1 Bucks team because, to be honest with you, coming into the season, the media was not very kind to them, and, and that was not a well-kept secret. Not a lot of people had high expectations for this Buccaneers ball club. And uh, even some of the most faithful fans, if you would have told them they were going to start 3-1, and one, they would take that all day because, you know, they call me the eternal optimist on this podcast, and I didn't see the Bucks doing any better than 2-2. Two and two. And here they are sitting at 3-1, and one, First place hold on the NFC South for the time being, and the bye week probably couldn't have come at a better time because now they have a chance to get some of those guys healthy, like Mike Evans and Vita Vea, who were dealing with some nagging injuries last week. What are your overall thoughts on the Buccaneers football team headed into uh, their bye week four weeks into the year? Well, you sized up uh, rather well the the thought process nationally coming in, and I can tell in the preseason. I think most of us too. We thought, well, if they go two and two over those first four games, you know, the Bucks you get, fans, you got to be satisfied with that. I'm glad you're an eternal optimist. Right? I think the players are, and they have, and the coaches they have an investment in this. And I know in talking to some of the personnel guys, you hear this a lot in the in the preseason, but watching them in practice, doing some of the games when we saw some of the key guys in there. Uh, they were saying, you know, hey, we're going to be better than people think. I mean, they avoid the outside noise, but early on it was, oh, well, the Saints have Derek Carr, and uh, Bryce Young is is getting, uh, you know, his uh, his big chance with with Carolina and and their defense, and Atlanta adds a, adds a running back. So um, there was some, uh, yeah, there was a lot of a doubt, and like I, I think people just f- f- forgot about how good the Bucks' defense was some of the mainstays, and then they they added some people, and that's really a specialty. So uh, I, I'm impressed. They, they're not doing it with smoke and mirrors, I guess, to, to cut through uh, you know, what your question is about. And, and, and I think people are jumping on the, the Baker bandwagon, you know, which is not a surprise when somebody has some success. I mean, first of all, it was foolish for anybody to write him off at age 28 uh, once he was healthy, and once you saw what he did in that brief spot with the Rams, sometimes it's about a situation and where you are. It wasn't a fit in Carolina. He Played hurt in Cleveland after getting them to the playoffs and winning a playoff game, and that hadn't happened in seems like decades or centuries. So uh, it's the real deal. The defense plays well. I am a little concerned about the running game. I know everybody in this passing league 
you still have to be able to run effectively as as the Eagles do. But but they're for real, and and I think they have woken up uh, the, the people across the country. Big test, you know, that's what you do. You keep passing tests. You have the bye week, and I agree with you, the right time, because they have the Lions coming up, who are one of the better teams, along with the Eagles. And that's what bothered me. Some people said, wow, that was, you know, see, they, they can't they can't play with the big boys with the Eagles. Well, I mean, there were a few things early that could have, that could have tipped that game. Uh, and they can play. Their defense is as dominant and as healthy as it is. Baker plays like he does. And the running game, it'll happen. If not, Baker will run for first downs if he has to. I think it'll keep the Bucks in contention. But it's changed the view, the national view of, of that division now, especially after they, they beat the Saints. Yeah, then obviously, you know, when you mentioned Baker Mayfield, uh, you got to see Baker up close and personal. Uh, you called the week four game against the Saints. And I, I personally thought it was Baker's best game so far of the season. Uh, what what did you see out of that game for Baker? Well, I saw it, number one thing, in the in the preseason, Rondé Barber and I, Hall of Famer, of course, Buck, who's, who's, who's uh, you know, obviously he's rooting for the Bucks, but he's pretty candid about stuff. He writes notes, we talk about things. And, and we saw some some Baker Mayfield vision of, of being uh, seeing the field very well and having the kind of receivers he's never really had. Now, briefly with the Rams, he had some, you know, Cooper Cup or whatever, but he doesn't have the kind of receivers in Godwin and, and Evans that, uh, you know, that he has here. Uh, but he sees the field well, his his vision. So that then it's just a matter of you know getting it, getting the ball to them, and and his mobility and what they've done with the offense. And Dave Canales deserves a lot of credit. It was just not a knock on Brady because he's the best ever. But when you got to change direction, you do it with a mobile quarterback, and that's a, that's what you know most a lot of successful teams have these days that are you know that that, that are enjoying. Uh, progress. So uh, I, I think Baker, that was one thing that stood out to me. And I'd covered a few of his games before, uh, different offenses, different kind of coaches. Uh, but the biggest thing is he wanted to be here with the Bucks, And, uh, you know, he, he and the Bucks needed him and wanted him. And economically, it wasn't really even a money issue. Uh, it was a chance to start and prove to people. Guys that carry a chip on their shoulder, boy, they they, they don't only uh, make everybody else around them better, uh, but they make themselves better uh, sometimes. And, and I, I think that's part of, of, of what he's doing. And, and again, uh, for his young age, and, and whether it's being humbled or not, if that's the right phrase, it's more people doubting him. Uh, I think they timed it right. It was the perfect fit for what the Bucks needed post-Brady and for what Baker Mayfield needed in, in his career. And his mobility, we saw it in that Saints game. That's a perfect example uh, you know, running for a first down, just the threat of running, running around to make time, that touchdown pass, to, you know, leaping, you know, across Tompkins when he, he had to come back. I mean, he had a lot of time at first, but then he still had to move around so his receivers could get open. Those are the kinds of things I, th- I think that could be a, a big difference for uh, the Bucks and, and for Baker's success. Uh, continuing the conversation on the offensive side of the ball, we talked about Dave Canales as a first-year play caller and his adjustments for Tampa Bay and, and how this offense is just going to look different throughout the course of the rest of the year. Canales said before the Saints game that uh, the Bucs are going to continue to be stubborn running the football. And, and now we know in 2022, uh, with Leonard Fournette in the backfield, still Rashad White, just a rookie, this Bucks running game was historically bad. And uh, while they aren't breaking any records over the first few weeks of the season, they have been playing well enough to get the job done. I wanted to get your thoughts on not only, one, the process of the Bucks running game in this new Canales offense, but two, your thoughts on Rashad White. Uh, do you think he can be the guy, and do you think he's shown you enough to, to have you believe that over the first few weeks? 
Yeah, so uh, I think the Bucks believe he can be the guy in the three-down back. I can only tell you, and it's not so much my opinion, some around the league, other uh, defensive coaches who go against or have studied this team, uh, aren't convinced that that, that he's the, the, the every-down dominant back. He's a functional running back. And so if that gets the job done, usually when you hear that, you have a couple other guys, and maybe that's where Chase Edmonds was going to fit in before his injury. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is productive in a way. He knows the system. Uh, you know, Sean Tucker, if the rookie comes along, uh, big splash plays in the preseason. We saw him. That he was terrific at training camp out of college. Maybe he can be a difference maker. But I would say right now, maybe that's an area, and I said it, it does concern me. And you're right. Uh, Canales is going to be, and I watched what he did with Seattle in that offense, stuff with different backs, uh, stubborn with the run, being effective enough. I, I guess the, the the key for the Bucks will be, and you're you're right. They're not they're not averaging a lot per carry. They're they're, they're not dominating a game with a run. But if you if you can run when you have to in key spots, when you need the fourth and one or third and one, and in a certain situation, or you need to work the clock to protect the lead late, and th- and that's where again Baker comes in. If he's going to roll out, you know, if the running stalls and he rolls out, picks up five and slides, clock continues to run. You get you know fresh set of downs that that'll be effective. I, but I, I just think that's an area they're going to have to look to improve. I know they're economically strapped with the, with the salary cap, which is how they, you know, had to go about the quarterback position. So maybe you got to dance with the running backs you have and the offensive line, I got to say is pulling together a little bit better. I got to give them all credit with, you know, the rookie and, and, and Tristan Wirth slipping over. So that's a good thing. And, and so, uh, yeah, I think it's going to have to be a group thing. Rashad White's going to be the lead back. He certainly can break away. He, he's, he can catch the football even more than, than how they're using him, and that may be another way that some of the dump-offs to kind of help uh, the running game. But that that will be uh, a question mark. But again, in a passing league, uh, you can't be one-dimensional. Uh, but but if, if they're productive that way with a healthy Evans and, and the aerial game they have, then the running game should be effective enough uh, if their defense, again, plays at the level it has been. Yeah, in the trenches there, Tristan Wurst really been a blessing at left tackle. We were concerned a little bit about that adjustment, but honestly, when this guy has as great of a start as he did at right tackle, uh, you know, you're going to have a few questions when he switches over to the other side of the line, but I, I think he's proven over these first four weeks that he is an all-star player and will continue to do so at the left side. Uh, Luke Gedeke having quite the second win seemingly at the right tackle position, played very well against Cam Jordan week four, Wanted to ask you some more about this offense and specifically Dave Canales. I brought him up briefly, but the level of creativity that we have seen throughout the first month of football from him, not to take anything away from Byron Leftwich, but I think Dave Canales has proven that he has a little bit more of that ability in him to reflect on last week, what he did, didn't do well, and make those adjustments the following week. I mean, that week three game on Monday night against Philly was not great play calling for him. And then we saw just how creative he can get in week four. As a fan, Dave Canales is a guy that gets me excited. He's saying all the right things in press conferences. He's showing that he can take accountability and adjust throughout the season. And we've already seen this offense exceed expectations. So what are your thoughts on Canales so far? Yeah, no, I, I'm excited too. And if you sit and talk to him, it's not just the press conferences, and we've had chances to in production meetings and in, in the preseason and even uh, our Fox crew after meeting with them before the New Orleans game walked out of the meeting room was like, wow, you know, that's a guy you want to play for. He does own it. He, he backs it up. He's supportive of guys. He knows their strengths and weaknesses. And I'll tell you why it's a great fit. And, the, you know, Todd Bowles, defensive-minded head coach, mild-mannered, a different kind of, you know, not that outwardly rah-rah guy, at least not through the course of a game. Canales has a little bit of that Pete Carroll 
personality in him in, in a good way. And the Pete Carroll that is real and authentic. And he spent all this time with him back from USC and, and through the years. And I always wondered why he, he didn't make him an offensive coordinator. But he was, Canales, part of, as the uh, passing game and then quarterback coach, the turnaround or the revival of Geno Smith in Seattle, which is another thing that I think we're seeing with with Baker Mayfield and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But in the bigger picture, yes, his personality is needed for this Buccaneer team and, and nothing against Byron Leftwich, but he wasn't the right guy for the, for this job. And this is, this was the right kind of change they needed. And a little bit of a chip. Yeah. When you're a guy in his forties and has worked as hard as Canales has, and you haven't gotten the chance to be a play caller or get an OC job somewhere else. Some of that was loyalty with, with Pete Carroll, but, but he's, he's got that too. And he knows this is a big moment for him, uh, but his, yes, his energy is real. Uh, he puts the time in, uh, he gets players to, uh, to, to play to their strengths. He's already do- doing that with, with Baker Mayfield. I think he instills confidence and, and I think he does fire up the team overall where maybe his Todd Bowles is in a different mode uh, with, with the defense. So, uh, yes, and you hit on a good point. Good coaches make adjustments not only week to week, but sometimes in the course of the game. And look, the Eagles were, you know, they're NFC champs for a reason. They got talent in a lot of positions, and I'm not going to nitpick, but again, you go back, there's a catch here with Evans, a, a play there. Uh, you know, the defense had some trouble. It was it was just not a very good performance against a very good team, uh, and, and that's why this Lions game coming up is is such a, an important game for them. Uh, not, not for the, the national people, the, the media, or whatever to second guess, but for the Bucks to say, Hey, you, you know we're this far, but you know we need to get this much better. And the Lions are a team that runs the ball very well and is number one at stopping the run right now. Yeah, and then obviously you know this whole season I think has been about change, right? Tom Brady exits, Baker Mayfield enters. You got the new offensive coordinator, this and that, and a big change is relying on younger players, right? They're not relying on those veterans anymore as much. So two of them are Trey Palmer and Christian Isian. And those are two players that, because you call the games for the preseason games of Rondé Barber. I wanted to mention those two guys because those, I mean, Trey Palmer was one of the stars of the preseason yep. of the Buccaneers. So did you expect this? And are you surprised by the success they've had? Trey Palmer, obviously two touchdowns already, uh, Christian Isian, two interceptions already. So are you surprised that these guys have come out of seemingly nowhere and made big contributions to the team? Yeah, not surprised for, what, a sixth-round pick uh, and, and then a free agent. And, and you could see in the preseason and even the coaching staff, that's one thing when you see it on the practice field. Then you see some of it in a preseason game. Then you go, what about the question? So maybe I was, uh, I'm a little surprised in, in terms of how fast they, they transitioned into the regular season games with, with their success. And they both seem to really be uh, having fun and enjoying the, the opportunity. And, and the Palmer move was so big because you know yeah they had some other guys and Tompkins contributed but when Russell Gage who was disappointing in terms of injuries affecting his Buccaneer career so when that injury took place and and took him out of the picture this really was a necessity and and Izzy it's been terrific and and you you had me just thinking when you were talking about this you know uh, uh, Kalijah Kansi uh, Servasia Dennis. I, I mean, these guys, you know, we saw some with, with Diaby. They're going to get better, and the other guys need to get healthy and contribute. I think both of those guys, at least, you know, Kalaji, hopefully, is back for that Lions game. They need those guys. That's part of what Todd Bowles was talking about the defense getting younger and faster in, in, in certain spots. And then you need the corners, Dean and and, and Carlton Williams. They, 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 they get hurt a lot, and those are key guys to allow. 
you know, the, the single, the, the, the coverage man to man so that they can blitz and do some of the other things they like. So again, I'm, I'm talking about young guys fitting in, but you named two of them that we saw in the preseason that continued to starve. The other guys were hurt a lot, didn't get as much playing time, but need to be healthy and then, and then truly uh, contribute. So yeah, they, I think they have a dozen or so first year with rookies, uh, maybe 13 guys uh, on the active roster that have played this year. That's a lot, you know, and, and again, that's some of that is fine, but then you have your, your veteran guys, the, the Vita Vez and, uh, you know, White and, and Levante David that, that you could count on some of the others we've mentioned on, on offenses as well. So it's, it's a, it's a good mix if the young guys contribute and uh, the veterans and they all stay healthy, of course, they're not real deep, you know, they're not as deep as, as you'd like for, for a championship team, but, but I, I think they're good enough to play with those teams. One last question about the offense, and then we'll look at the other side of the football. Wanted to get your thoughts on Mike Evans, and and I know that we're looking ahead here a little bit as we forecast what this Bucks team is going to look like after this season, but Mike Evans has obviously been a huge part of this team for over 10 years, and him and his agent drew a definitive line in the sand a couple of weeks before the season started and told the Buccaneers that, listen, uh, if we don't get a deal done for a long-term contract, then Mike is going to focus on free agency. He's going to see what can happen this upcoming offseason in, in hoping that there is enough of a market for him out there to go get that deal that seemingly the Bucks aren't going to give him. And unfortunately for the Bucks, you know, this is just bad timing. Obviously having to take the cap hit with Brady's dead money and then having to pay Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis to keep those guys around, yeah. uh, Levante David back on a one-year deal as well. So that was surprising enough. But on top of all that, they were already strapped for cash kind of in a limited situation. Now you've got a bunch of payroll going to guys who aren't even playing this year. Russell Gage and Ryan Jensen taking up almost 40% of the Buccaneers payroll in 2023. So this team is playing well and exceeding expectations. Let's assume that Baker Mayfield plays well enough to get a contract in Tampa Bay and Antoine Winfield Jr. continues to play like the best safety in football. How confident do you feel about Mike Evans' future in Tampa? Because if things keep going the way that they are, I don't want to put all my eggs into one basket and say that it seems like the Bucks are ready for life without Mike Evans, but so far this season, I mean, everything has gone according to plan if that is the situation moving forward. So what are your thoughts on that overall situation? Yeah, is Mike Evans ready for life without the Bucks? I think I think that's where it goes at, at his age. And look, first of all, no question, he's to me already a Hall of Famer, and and I've talked to people who vote on that, and and they agree with me. Some people can nitpick, but it's got a ring, you know, the nine straight seasons, thousand yards. He he's been there with different quarterbacks, and 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 he can add add to that. Uh, he doesn't look like he's slowing down at all to me, but it's just the reality of the position. When you get to that age, it's ten years first draft pick, right? That that uh, Jason White, you know, used when 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 he got here as the, as the GM and a, and, a, and a good one. Yeah, you know, Jerry Rice had to go through this. That's why he went on to the Raiders and tried some other Tim Randy Moss. Whether it's fair or not, and I think the battle is how much do you want to guarantee a guy that you know can give you another great year or two, but can he give you three or four? What the money amounts to in the situation that you just broke down? So. I don't know. I I, sur- I certainly hope it happens because he's the greatest, in my view, the greatest. Uh, not you know, Tom Brady was there three years, so that's a different matter. But the greatest offensive Buccaneer in in their history in terms of the amount of time and and what he's done with the team. When you when you talk about uh, the the franchise, and and yet sometimes guys have to move on if it's if it really wants to get paid and somebody's willing to give it to him. God bless him. You can't blame him. Uh, Bucks will try to make something happen. Uh, but given the circumstances, sometimes you just can't. 
and and the Baker decision is a good one to, to look forward. We can't get too far ahead of ourselves. But let's just think about this, too. Remember how, I'm sure you guys heard this, uh, not only national media, but, but some of the, the Tampa media. About, and there's no tanking, I, I don't really think, in the NFL, maybe, maybe in the NBA. But remember, prior to this year, it's like, ah, oh, should we play for a high pick and draft a quarterback? And we, I mean, they, they still, there are people that still weren't convinced that Baker could at least give them an opportunity and, and give them a run. So they're ahead of the game there, and let's credit the Buccaneers for that and their franchise. And the fact that they they went all in with Brady and the veterans, and that's okay. You know, like the Rams did, spend that money. You get a, not only a Super Bowl for the Bucs, you know, and you have to retool, rebuild. But if you could do that and still be at least in contention, that's a major milestone for a while. And, and you know, they went to the playoffs for those three straight years, even though there's only one Super Bowl. It was a Super Bowl win, and it was a special one being uh, in their in their home stadium. So, yes, I, I they're in a tough spot with Mike Evans, uh, some of the other things that you talked about, but I think they've sustained a level of, uh, of competition where they could hang in there despite uh, some of the moves that they've made. And some of those were injuries that, that did affect uh, the salary cap issue. Yeah, so taking a look at the defense now, I wanted to get your thoughts on where Todd Bowles has this team. The expectations for the defense were obviously going to be a lot higher coming into the year just because this is a unit that has played together. A lot of these core players been together since Todd's first year in what's crazy all the way back in 2019. Um, so four seasons for this Buccaneers defense and week one, they picked up right where they left off seemingly. I, I know they gave up a lot of yards to Minnesota, but with an offense that has firepower like Minnesota does, you're going to give up yards, especially to a guy like Justin Jefferson. But Week four, they clamped down on the Saints. You know, week three, while they didn't stop the Eagles, you know, that first half, they kept it competitive. Yeah, they hung in there. They they limited Jalen Hurts. They definitely had to rely on DeAndre Swift for the most part in that game to move the football. So looking at some of these impact players, I know we talked about the lack of depth, but overall, what are your expectations for this Buccaneers defense and, and where they can continue to go from here? Well, I think one thing that jumps out, they're, they're, they're taking away the football more. I think it's, was it six interceptions already? And I think they had 10 all of, all of last year. Uh, the fumbles, the forced fumbles, uh, that's part of, I think, what makes Todd Bowles' defense successful. You know, that pressure that, that forces mistakes, then that's a short field or it helps the offense. So I, I expect them, and that, that was one of the drop-offs last year. You can pick on the offense, you know, all you want in an aging Tom Brady. But their their defense did, was not, and that's really you go back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they had Brady, but that's what you know we saw it against the Chiefs. You know, and 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 Mahomes at his height, uh, the defense won that game. You know, obviously we had Brady, the Bucks did, I should say, and, and had had the effectiveness uh, to make plays. But the defense more than did its part. I mean, when you you know when you win on the road at Lambeau and in New Orleans, you don't want to go back to that stretch. I mean, that that defense. Uh, stopped some pretty good quarterbacks and pretty good offenses and in, in, in an environment where, you know, the crowd was was against you. So I, I expect this team, they don't have to return to that, you know, Super Bowl form. I know Todd Bowles would like that. But I, but I see them getting, if if the younger players they drafted uh, can contribute in the way that the, the Bucks believe they can and the reasons they drafted them for their speed and power and some of the, the, the skills that they have, uh, that I, I see them, first of all, that division is, is to me, the, the people can pick on the NFC South, but to me, they're very, all, team, all four teams have very good defenses. Atlanta was the weak spot. They're an improved defense. They're much better. Uh, with some of the guys they've added, Carolina, despite their record, their defense has kept them in games for the most part. And, and then, of course, 
the Saints, we, we know the history there, but the Bucs did a pretty good job. So, you know, which defense is going to be the best? I think the Bucs should be one of the better ones in that division. And if they have a little bit of the quarterback play that we talked about, should be able to uh, to advance. But, yeah, I, I have high expectations for this defense, higher than I think the offense. And I expect the offense to explode and dominate. I expect the defense to carry them for the most part and, and the offense to play off that effectively to win games. And that's kind of what we've, we've seen so far. Yeah, you know, and speaking of expectations, just to sort of put a bow on things, uh, you know, they're sitting three and one, just like Rhett said at the start. I don't think many Bucks fans figured three and one. I think, you know, two and two, just like you said earlier, Chris, you know, two and two would have been really good at the bye week. Uh, being three and one is, is a bonus. And now they got a few tough games. So, you know, what are your expectations for not only the Bucks, but the rest of the NFC South? I mean, they're three and one sitting there alone at the top of the NFC South. I, you know, it's a division where I think there's a lot of teams that are in a similar boat. There's a lot of uncertainty, you know, at the quarterback position in Atlanta. Uh, you got a Bryce Young, it's a rookie quarterback in Carolina. Uh, the, the Saints, now Derek Carr, how healthy is he? So there's a lot of questions there. So what are your expectations, one, for, for the Bucks for the rest of the season? And, and then also, you know, for the NFC South, do you think this is going to be like a tight division race down the stretch here? Yeah, I do expect it to be tight. I, I, I think it's a three-team race. Uh, I, I think maybe the Bucks have probably, you know, I know they had the change of quarterback offensive coordinator, but I think they probably have maybe the best continuity with Carolina. You have a new head coach and a, and a new quarterback, a new, new defensive coordinator. Uh, the Saints, you have a, a new quarterback. And, and then Atlanta, you do have, you know, the same head coach, but a new starting quarterback, even though Desmond Ritter was there last year. And important that the, the early that the Bucks these division games, especially when a division is as crowded as this and nobody's going to pull away from it, they're big, especially if to win on the road. It was the first time we saw the note we used in the broadcast that the Bucks had beaten the Saints in three straight games in, in, in their, their history of, of, of clashes in the in the division. So um, I, I think it's going to, you know, it's going to be go to the final few games of the season. I think the team that wins those division games, that's going to be the tiebreaker. That's going to be the decider. I think Carolina, because of their young quarterback and their growth, even though their defense is a championship caliber defense, uh, I, I think they'll be bringing up the rear in the division. But I, I thought it was going to be Atlanta. I kind of liked Atlanta Bucks to battle ahead of where Atlanta is, and we'll, we'll see what – I mean, their defense got better. Obviously, they run the ball as well as anybody. Well, their quarterback play is is probably somewhat in question. They're staying with Ritter, so that should make the division interesting uh, along the way. But, yes, the, the head-to-head play in the division, and that's where the, the Bucks uh, have already gotten off to a, to a good start. All right, final question for you here as we wrap things up. Looking ahead to week six, Bucks, Lions. It's the return of the creamsicle, Chris. We have waited for this day for nearly 10 years. I got to ask, is there one player that you are most excited to see don the Buccaneers creamsicle? Uh, well, uh, first of all, jumping out at me, you know, having worked with Rondé Barber at Fox and all these years preseason, covered him as a player. Uh, I loved it on, on the Monday night, even though the game for Bucks fans wasn't great when, when Rondé Barber was enshrined, you know, the Hall of Famer into the Bucks ring of honor that, 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 that the game Baker Mayfield showed up wearing the 20, yeah. you know, the Rondé Barber jersey, which was pretty cool. So I, I think see, seeing him run out, even though he's the newest, one of the newest Bucks running out in a, uh, you know, in a creamsicle jersey will be kind of a cool thing. You know, and I, I think thinking of Levante David for all the years that he's played and the work he's put in and, and even this, you know, he's mentioned that one-year deal when there was some doubt. 
Uh, to me, he's kind of the in the heart and soul of, of the Bucks defense, and that's you know when you think of their Super Bowl years and overcoming things. The guy, you know, I, I just think, and he's a soft-spoken guy, but seeing him in that creamsicle uh, as a player on the field to me will represent a lot. Uh, so those are at least the first two thoughts that that jump out at me. But yeah, this it's funny going back historically. You know, people making fun of that and the. You know the the kind of look that it was, and, and all of a sudden demanding what's what's old is new again, and what's what was out was now cool. Uh, but it's a perfect game. I'm glad that Fox and the NFL were able to slide this into a late afternoon window too, so more people around the country uh, will be able to embrace this. And a lot of you know a lot of fans they don't like the throwback jerseys; they're too far back, they're out of touch. Uh, this one has a popularity to it, even beyond uh, Tampa Bay and and the Buccaneer history, and and young kids too that are attracted to the. Uh, to the look of it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm fired up. Wish I was calling that one. I, I get to call the Falcons Bucks the following week, uh, but I'll certainly, if I'm not calling another game at that time, we'll be, uh, we'll be watching that one. Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited for the fans that it got moved to 425 because a 1 p.m. kickoff, uh, you know, even this time of year as we approach <laughs> October, we're well into fall now. It is still the seventh layer of hell down here in Tampa, Florida. On Sunday. So, uh, <laughs> But if you could have, you know, but if you could have got that heat advantage on the on the Lions, right, who yeah. play in Ford Field, it's a great, beautiful city, but it's indoors. They practice often indoors unless they know they're they're going outside to play at Lambeau or something. Maybe, maybe that would have been – it'll still be an edge, at least in the, in the first half. But uh, it, it's it's that good afternoon slot for, for a game of this magnitude because the Lions are one of the NFL's darlings now that they've turned the corner on on what their image was. And certainly Bucks fans can re- can relate to that. Yeah, the gl- glad the Bucks were able to fix their image at the 2026 season they got the uniform <laughs> debacle settled they went back to what wasn't broken and uh now we get the creamsicle back so i am excited but ladies and gentlemen that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the cannon fire podcast chris thank you so much for your time always a pleasure talking to you i know you're a busy guy uh what are you up to this week and where can people find you and your content whether on social media or on the air yeah, and by the way, I met Carlton Davis when I was referring to the secondary a moment ago. I'm not sure if I said his name um, when I was was talking about the the, the corners with with Dean. Uh, have the let's see, have the uh, calling Sunday the Lions with the Panthers in Detroit. That's the game I'll be calling with Daryl Johnston. Uh, and on on Twitter or X, it's uh, it's Chris, it's under Chris underscore Myers and uh, M Y E R S. And on Instagram, it's Chris Myers Fox. Always fun. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on Talking Bucks. I'm glad you guys are keeping a close eye on them. And uh, this will be should be a fun season, regardless of where we go from here. Absolutely excited to see what happens the rest of the way. Thank you again for your time. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. You can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL. And check out his written work at BucksNation.com. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter, or X, at Reticus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Thank you again to special guest Chris Myers. I'm your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.